Hello and welcome to Winning in Prayer. I'm Pastor Darrell. So glad to be with you. I'd like to wish you and yours a happy new year. And I pray that you are ready to dominate this year and do everything that God has called you to do. Listen, let's get right into the lesson. We're going to be talking about acceptable prayer on today. We're going to be talking about acceptable prayer. So we're going to begin at Psalms, the 141st uh, division. At the first and second verse, it says, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. These two verses here. What David is desiring is that his prayer would have an audience with God. You know, many times we pray and we're wondering if God hears our prayers. We're wondering if our prayers are going to make a difference. Uh, we just want our prayers to be answered. But here, the focus is a little different. David is not so much asking God to answer his prayer but he's wanting his prayer to have an audience with God. Listen, I don't know about you, but there was a time when I was experiencing some difficulty in prayer where I wanted God to answer my prayer. That was it. That was it. That was all. But slowly over time, my desire began to change. And my, my desire became, I just wanted to make sure that God was hearing my prayer. In other words, just like David here, I wanted to make sure that my prayer had an audience with God. So here again, I want you to understand clearly here, David desires that his prayer would have an audience with God. I like the second verse, it says, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. Listen, the word doesn't waste itself. Uh, and anything that you see, it's, it's of significance. So it says, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. So let's look and see uh, what David is talking about. We know that the inc that incense was used in the tabernacle. Uh, it was symbolic of our prayers rising to God. But it also produced uh, an aroma after the incense was placed on the coals of fire. So it produced an aroma, and it also was symbolic of our prayers rises to God. Let's go over to Exodus, the 25th chapter. I want you to see something here. Exodus 25 at the uh, first verse. Exodus 25 at that first verse. It says... And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I'm going to read uh, 1, 2, and 6. It says, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. The sixth verse says, Oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and sweet incense. So there was a demand for all of those things that were going to be needed for uh, the tabernacle. And the uh, ingredients for the incense was also included in this demand that was uh, made for 
those things that were going to be necessary for uh, the tabernacle. You know, the ingredients for the incense were included in this offering. Now, I want to take you over to the 30th chapter of Exodus as well, and you're going to see the command to burn incense in the morning and in the evening. Exodus 30th chapter uh, at the seventh verse. It says, And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresses the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generation. So the incense was going to be burned in the morning and in the evening. Now let me take you over to uh, Exodus the 35th chapter at that fourth verse. And it says, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the commandment which the Lord commit this is the thing which the lord commanded saying take ye from among you an offering unto the lord whosoever is of willing heart let him bring it an offering of the lord gold silver and brass if they first and oil for the light the spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense so this offering was given of the people. Now I want to point out something else to you at the 27th verse. It says, And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, and spice for the oil, for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. So this offering, it was a costly offering. They gave of the best of what they had. So everything that they gave, it was going to be necessary for the tabernacle as a whole, but I want you to pay close attention that this incense and everything was going to be required for the making of the incense that went along with the offering uh, of, of the tabernacle. They gave their best in this offering, this incense, uh, in the ingredients for the incense. It was costly. It cost them something. It They gave of the best of what they had. So I want you to understand, as I said earlier, the word doesn't waste itself. And so when you see this here, where David says, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, it means something. It's not just there to be there. It means something. And then it goes on to say, and the lifting up my hand as the evening sacrifice. I just read to you in that 27th the 29th verse, uh, it, it, what it was saying was that the incense was going to be burned in the morning and in the evening. And again, what's most important to walk away is this David is desiring that his prayer would have an audience. David is not rushing God just to get his prayer 
answer. David is not rushing God due to his circumstances. David is not rushing God due to his circumstance. But David asks God to make haste because he wants his prayer to have an audience. Listen, most times we're in a rush because we want God to take care of what we need to be taken care of. David is in a rush here, if you will, because he wants his prayer to have an audience with God. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I really want you to understand that there's a difference. You can't just be in a rush just to get your prayer answered all the time. It's a different thing when you want your prayer to have an audience with God. And so David is saying, as the morning incense, the evening incense is burned, I want my prayer to be set forth before thee, just as the morning and the evening incense is. You know, the incense that was used again in the wilderness tabernacle, it was costly. They gave of the best that they had. It meant something. So I don't want you to just read over it and think that it's insignificant. It meant something. I want you to pay attention to uh, Leviticus, the 16th chapter. And it's going to allow us to see the posture and the position of the incense. Leviticus 16, 11 through 13, it says, and Aaron shall bring the It says, and Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. He shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. So listen, this is the posture and the position of the incense. I want you to see there here that the incense before it could be used had to be beaten small. After it was beaten small, after it was, uh, after there was some humility, if you will, it was then ready to be used. After it was beaten small, after it was beaten small, after it, after there was some humility, some some humility injected into the 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 incense it was then ready to be used listen most of the times we want to rush in and get our prayers uh taken care of get our prayers answered and we do it without humility and we do it without any thought we do it without any care but you have to go in you have to approach god through humility So after the incense was beaten small, it was then ready to be used. 
It was then taken and placed on the fire. The fire then activated the incense and it, and it then produced an aroma and it then began to rise. It's symbolic of our prayers being heard by God. Listen, there's some humility that needs to take place. We can't rush right in. The Bible lets us know that the incense had to be beaten small. You can't approach God as uh, uh, being grown or, or, or like you have graduated. There has to be some humility involved. After you have been beaten small, then you're ready to be placed upon the coals of fire. And then the, 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 the coals of fire activated the incense in a way that it produced an aroma, an acceptable aroma. What kind of aroma is your life producing? And again, the, the rising of the, the, the smoke was symbolic of God hearing our prayers. And everyone wants their prayer to be heard. But listen, you can't just rush in. Prayer needs to be done with thought. It needs to be done with care. You're wondering why you're struggling. You're wondering why your prayer life isn't what you would like it to be? Are you doing it with care? You know, we can't look at prayer as just something that we do, something that's easy. Are you doing it with care? Are you doing it with caution? The ingredients for the incense, carefully thought out, they were costly ingredients. They were carefully thought out. It wasn't something that was just thrown together. Are you giving God prayers that are just thrown together? Are you giving God prayers that really don't mean anything to you? That, you know, you're just giving this to him because you want your prayer to be answered. You want this need to be met. When was the last time you took some time to slow down, to think about how you're approaching God, to think about how you're presenting your prayer to God, to think about the, your tone in which you are, are praying to God, to think about how what you're saying is going to be uh, taken, how it's going to be heard, the, the are you just throwing God a prayer and hoping that he'll answer? Or are there some or is there some care and some concern with how you're presenting your cares to God? Listen, I don't want anyone that wants something from me to just walk up and say it any kind of way. Even I want it to be presented a certain way. And so if I want it to be presented a certain way, what do you think about God? What do you think about God? Most of the time, we're, our care is just on getting what we want from God. Here, David is just praying that his prayer would just have an audience with God. That his, that his, his prayer would just have an audience with God. And again, I want you to understand though, that the incense was beaten small before it could be used. 
It was beaten small before it was placed on the fire. And again, the, uh, the, the, uh, it produced an aroma and the rising of the smoke was symbolic of our prayers rising to God. You know, Psalms 141 and 2, David says, let my prayer be accepted as a sweet smelling incense, as sweet smelling incense in your presence. So David is even caring about how his prayer would be looked at. And so again, are you just throwing God something or are you doing it with care? Is your tone right? Is it just about your prayer being answered? Or do you just want to have that audience with God? Listen, my focus shifted from just getting it answered to I just want an audience with you. I just want to know that when I pray that you hear. I just want to know that when I pray I have an audience with you. Because you know what that says? That says intimacy. It speaks of intimacy. And when you are intimate with God, I believe that is when your prayer life will begin to uh, have traction, begin to have momentum, when things begin to happen even without your praying for them. But it can't just be about getting bills paid. It can't just be about our prayer life, our folk, the focus uh, has to change. It has to. It can't just be about getting things. But as I've said so many times before, it needs to be about getting Him. And one of the things that's included in getting Him is getting an audience with Him. And so, as David prayed, I want to encourage you to shift your focus to having an audience with God. It's so important. It's so important. So David is saying here, I have presented my prayer. I have presented my, my prayer with as much thought and care. That same thought and care that goes into the preparation of the incense. He said, I have presented my prayer with that much thought, that much care. As the morning and the evening sacrifice and the incense, he said, I've presented my care, my prayer with that much thought and care. You know, as the incense had a purpose, David is saying, I have considered your presence and your uh, your, your holiness. As the incense has a, had a purpose, my prayer also has a purpose. And I have considered your presence. I have considered your holiness. I'm not just going to rush in. I'm not just going to throw you some mashed up prayer that I'm praying out of desperation, out of the desperation of my situation. I am not just going to throw something before you. David is saying, I am going to present my prayer with thought and with care. As much thought and care that went into the materials for the incense, that went into the preparation of the incense, David is saying, I'm going to present my prayer which is with as much care and thought 
that was given for the materials and even the preparation of the incense. This is why David is saying, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. As important as the incense was, David is saying, I want my prayer to be just as important. The same way the, that the, uh, uh, the incense played its part, its, its important part in the tabernacle. David is saying, I want my prayer to be just as important. I want my prayer to have an audience with you, God. Prayer shouldn't be done rashly. Prayer shouldn't be done without thought. Prayer shouldn't be done without care. Prayer shouldn't be done out of desperation, but prayer should be done with thought and care of the one that we're presenting it to. Glory to God. With thought and consideration of the one with whom we have to do, as Hebrews 4 uh, and 13 says. It says, all things are, are naked unto him. He sees everything. You know, a lot of times we try to pray over our mess. How can we pray over our mess to the one all things are naked before him? In other words, he knows everything. Sometimes there are times that we try to pray over our mess. But David is saying, I'm beyond that. And I want my prayer to be just as important to you, God, as that incense that was in the tabernacle. And as it was important, I want my prayer to be as important to you as that incense was, that was placed on the fire, that produced an aroma, an acceptable aroma, as the smoke that, ro that rose off of the incense that were placed on the fire, the coals of fire. I want my prayer to be placed before you and, and, and be just as important as the incense was that was in the tabernacle. You know, what I want you to understand is that the priest's approach to God had to be done right. Uh, they had to wash. They had to prepare. They had to have on the right clothing. They couldn't just run into the tabernacle and into the Holy of Holies. Well, they could have, but they would have been killed. And so if the priest had to approach God in a certain kind of way, I believe that you and I ought to approach God in a certain kind of way. And no, no, we're not under the same rules. You know, we're not going to fall down dead. But because we're under grace and because he loved us so, I believe we ought to get to a place to where it's not just about our prayers being answered, but we should we should uh, approach God with thought, with care, the way that we are pre even presenting our, our prayers to God. We should want our prayers to be acceptable, not just answered. Let me say that again. We should want our prayers to be acceptable, not just answered. And we're frustrated, we're tired, we're weary, we're giving up because we're not seeing results. But is the most important thing your prayer being answered or your prayer being acceptable? I, I can tell you with a little bit of maturity, the focus can change 
from just my prayer being answered to making sure that my prayer is acceptable. You know, I don't want my prayer to be heard because I'm just bombarding God over and over and over, if you will. I want my prayer to be looked at, to be smiled at. I want my prayer to be looked at with approval. I want my prayer to be acceptable even before it's answered. So I'm going to put some thought and some care into how I present it to God. I'm not just going to give him a mashed up bunch of, of thoughts, a mashed up bunch of emotions, charged up emotions, but I'm going to put some thought and some care into the presentation of my prayer so that my prayer can be acceptable. And again, we're talking about acceptable prayer. Glory to God. Our approach to prayer, again, should be done with care, not rashness, not without thought, and not without consideration. No rushing, no rushing. I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. No rushing, no rushing. Not the desperation of our situation, but I'm going to do it with care. I'm going to do it with thought. I'm going to do it in a way that I want it to be uh, looked at acceptable. And again, I want to have an audience with God. The incense again was activated by placing it on the coals of fire. You know, James 5, 16 says that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Our prayers ought to contain some fire. Our prayers ought to contain fire. Not the desperation of our prayers, but our prayers should be should be uh, intense. Because I want to have an audience with God, intense. Because I want to see a move of God, not my need. Intense because I want to see a move of God. And not just a move of God in my life, but a move, a move of God in the lives of others. A move of God in the life uh, of pastors. A move of God in the life of other people that I know that belong to other churches. My wife and I have been praying uh, for the church. We've been praying for other pastors that they would not become weary. That, would, that, would, that they would not give in. That they would not be discouraged because people aren't coming at this time intensely praying with fire not just because we have a desperate situation but because we want to see a move of God and because we want to have an audience with God our posture and position will determine if our prayers are acceptable you know Psalms 51 Psalms 51 16. And 17 says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. It says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. You know, stop going before God as if you don't have any feelings, as if things don't matter. Stop acting like you have it all together. A broken heart. And I'm not talking about, you know, you being done wrong, but we should allow God to, to break us, break our hearts. 
That's how we become that sacrifice. That's how we then produce prayers that are acceptable to God. You, it's not always about you approaching God like you've graduated, like you don't have any feeling, uh, you know, like everything's all together. But a broken heart, you, we, we need to be broken before God. It's then that we can become that sacrifice and our prayers can become acceptable to God. Listen, I can tell you, uh, when I was experiencing my difficulty in prayer, uh, my prayers changed. Uh, the way that I prayed changed. The tone of my prayers changed. Uh, there was another level of humility uh, contained in my prayers. Another level of dependence uh, upon God in my prayer. There was a, a intimacy uh, that the struggle produced. Uh, a level of brokenness and dependency upon God. That's when God be then began to move for me. It wasn't because of my desperation. And I can remember one time in particular, you know, I, I can remember being very upset, uh, uh, crying. And I'm thinking, I'm really, I, I'm in faith, God, but, we're, but why aren't you moving? And he said, are you really in faith or is it the desperation of your situation? And I had to be honest, it wasn't faith. It was the desperation of my situation. I needed God to answer my prayer. I did not care if my prayer was acceptable. I didn't care how I presented it. I rushed in. I didn't wash in Thanksgiving before rushing in uh, to get my need met. You know, the priests had to wash. They had to make sure that they had on the proper garments. There were several things that they had to do before they got to the to the holies of holies. They had to make sure that the sacrifice was right. And they weren't just offering for them, but they were offering for the for the people. No one could go in with the priest. He went in by himself. And if everything wasn't done right, he would have died there. So he had to approach God right. You and I with that same preparation, with that same care, should approach God in a different way. Again, not just some mashed up bunch of words and care and emotion that we throw on God, but with care, with thought, with presentation. I want my, my prayer to have an audience with God. My desire is that my prayer would be acceptable even before it's answered. Even before it's answered. At verse 3, David said, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Here David is, is saying, it's. I understand that it's even more than just my prayer that I need to be concerned about here. David didn't want his mouth 
David didn't want the same mouth that prayed to God to then turn around and disappoint God with that same mouth. David didn't want the same mouth that prayed to God and, 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 and be looked at as incense to then turn around to lie uh, and disappoint God in any way. Listen, we have to be careful on all levels when it comes to our prayer life. David is saying, I don't want this same mouth that I'm praying with to disappoint you, God. Psalms 34 and 13, it says, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking gout. You keep it. You play a part in this as well. Keep your tongue from speaking evil, your lips from speaking gout. That same tongue that's used to pray acceptable prayer has to be kept from speaking evil. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destructions. Proverbs 21 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. We have to, we have to keep, we have to make sure that the same mouth that we're using, the same tongue that we're using to pray acceptable prayers aren't used to disappoint God. Glory to God. The same lips, the same tongue that's used to pray acceptable prayers cannot be used to disappoint God. Glory to God. Our tongues can't be used for lies, gossip, and other evil and then be used for acceptable prayer. Psalms 141 and 4, you'll see here where David begins to even pray against an evil desire Pray against having an evil desire. It says, incline not my heart to any to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. David is saying, I don't even want to desire anything that's evil. Nothing that's evil. Psalms 119.104 says, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. We have to have a disdain towards those things that we know that will disappoint God. If we're going to pray acceptable prayers, and again, I want you, we're not talking about having our prayers answered. We're talking about our prayers becoming acceptable. If we're going to be able to pray acceptable prayers, then we have to also have a disdain, a disliking towards everything that we know that's a disappointment uh, to God. Glory to God, I'm gonna say it again. We have to have a disdain, a dislike towards everything that we know that's a disappointment to God. I want to leave you with this. In the book of Luke, book of Luke, the first chapter, book of Luke, the first chapter, uh, we're gonna find a story about a priest by the name of Zacharias. I'm going to start at that fifth verse. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, certain priest named Zacharias, Zacharias of the course of Abiah, 
And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Six verses, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he ex executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. 10th verse says, And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now, I want to back up. I want to back up. At the sixth verse, it says, And they both were righteous before God. There was a commitment. They had a commitment. Are you committed? It says, And they both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. Are you committed? Is there a commitment in your life? Are you committed to the things of God as a whole? Not just something, not just some things here and there. It said they were committed. They were walking in all the commandments. Are you committed to the entirety of the word? The whole Bible, not just pieces of the Bible, not just those parts that are convenient, but are you committed to do the whole will of God? They had a commitment. Do you have a commitment? Before we talk about getting our prayers answered uh, and even our prayers becoming acceptable, is there a commitment? Are you committed all the way around? Not just to stop smoking, not just to stop drinking and then everything else, but the whole of the word. It says they were committed to walking in all the commandments ordinance of the Lord, blameless, blameless. Are you committed? Do you have a commitment? In verse seven, we'll find that Elizabeth was uh, barren and that they both were old. It says, and they had no child because Elizabeth, here's the reason why, Elizabeth was barren and they were both well stricken in age. So it looks as if the time had passed them by. Look as if the opportunity to produce has passed them by. At verse 8, it says, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, verse 7 lets us know that Elizabeth was barren, that they both were well stricken in age. We talked about also their commitment. Now, verse 7 says that they had no child, they were well stricken in age. Verse 8 said it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office. And look, Elizabeth is barren, they're well stricken in age, they're old. But he's but they're but he's still committed to doing the things of God. Even though it looks as if time has passed them by, they're old, Elizabeth is barren. He's still committed to doing the things of God. Can you be committed? Glory to God. Can you stay committed and faithful 
when things aren't looking favorable? Can you stay committed and faithful to the things of God when it looks as if that thing that you're wanting, your design, when it looks as if it's not going to happen, can you still remain faithful? Can you still tend to the things of God? This man had a commitment. Again, I want you to remind you in verse 6, it says that they were walking in all the commandments of uh, and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. Now it tells you that his wife was barren and that they both were old. But eighth, but I like in the eighth verse it says, and it came to pass that while he executed the peace priest off, he's still doing the things of God. He's still uh, taking care of prayer. He's still giving to prayer, if you will. And I want you to see this too. Verse nine it says. According to the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So if you will, he's still taking care of the prayer service. He's still leading the prayer service, if you will. His wife is old. They both. His wife is barren. They both are old. It looks as if their opportunity has passed them. Yet he's still faithful where the things of God is concerned. Doesn't look like he's going to get what he desires, but he's still leading prayer service. He's still tending to the things of God. Can you remain faithful when things are not looking favorable? Can you still be committed to pray? Can you when you still show up for prayer when it looks when it doesn't look favorable? When things haven't gone your way, when they haven't mentioned your name, when you've been done wrong, when your prayer hasn't been answered, when you don't feel the presence of God, when it doesn't look favorable, can you still be committed to prayer? Zacharias is still is still faithful, even though it looks as if his, his opportunity has passed him. His wife is barren. They're both old. It doesn't look like they're going to have a chance to have a child. Yet, he's still faithful in the area of prayer. You know, it doesn't even have to be a situation this serious where a child is concerned for us to give up on prayer. You know, if somebody don't speak to us right, uh, you know, it can be any little thing that upends our commitment. But I want, I want you to understand, in 2021, God is looking for people that are not just looking to get things from him, but are looking to make sure, are desiring that their prayers be acceptable. God is looking for people that when it looks as if, because they're barren, and because they're, when it looks as if your desire is not going to be met when things aren't looking favorable. God is looking for people that will still remain uh, faithful. Is that you? Can God count on you to still be faithful? Can he count on you to still be faithful? Because I want you to understand that you're being faithful. It matters. Someone's watching. It means something to somebody. And I want you to understand here in verse 10, it says, verse 9, he's burning incense. He's taking care of the things of God. He's committed. Verse 10, it says, while he's doing what he needed to do, 
while he's while he's being committed. Verse 10 lets us know, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. When you are committed, it will help someone else stay committed, especially pastors. Listen, pastor, when you stay faithful, when you stay committed, the people will stay faithful. The people will stay committed. When you can continue, the people will continue. When you can be weary but not give up, the people can also be weary and not give up. I want you to understand, pastor, leader, it matters what you do. And, and you don't have to be a pastor. But it matters what you do when you name the name of Christ. When somebody knows that you're saved, it matters. Your witness matters. You can't let down your standard when you go to work. Or when you're around your relatives, especially when they know you're saved, when you name the name of Christ, it matters. And I can tell you that it matters, especially when they know that the pressure, that pressure, that fire has hit your life, that troubles, that trials has hit your life, it matters. Elizabeth was barren, they both were old and didn't look like they were going to be able to have a child. Yet Zacharias is still taking care of of the house of God he's still taking care of prayer and while he's doing what he was supposed to be doing the people on the outside were doing what they were supposed to be doing while he's praying on the inside even though he's facing difficulties the people on the outside are praying as well when you can continue to pray your wife will continue to pray your kids will continue to pray family members will continue to pray prayer work co-workers will learn to pray it matters that you don't give up when things don't look favorable this is how we get, can get to a point of our prayers being acceptable before even being answered glory to God hallelujah 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 glory to God you know, Psalms 51, 17, it says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. It said, I want you to understand, can you pray when your heart has been broken? Can you, can you still pray when you've been disappointed? Can you pray when your spirit has been crushed? Can you pray when you have been disappointed to knowing? Can you still be committed? Can you still continue to lead prayer? Can you still continue to be that example? When it looks like things aren't when things aren't favorable, when it looks as if you're not your your desire is not going to be manifested, can you still be faithful? Can you still continue on? Because it matters. It matters. It matters what you do when pressure hits your life, when trouble hits your life. When trials hit your life, it matters. It matters. It matters. It says, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So at the time of prayer, they were praying. They didn't, they didn't put it off. They didn't go to the store. They didn't go to Walmart to shop. Uh, they weren't at, long, at home on their computer online shopping. But at the time that they were supposed to be in prayer, they were in prayer. They were in prayer. And a commitment will cause you to uh, move those things that are distractions and for you to be able to do what you're supposed to do 
when you are supposed to do it. Glory to God. Again, it says, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the same time. It says, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. You, you, your wife is barren. You both are old. You're walking in my word. You're, you're, you're taking care of prayer. You haven't let anything get in the way of your commitment where I'm concerned. Now I want you to understand that your prayer has been heard. It says at the 13th verse, And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Listen, when you can be barren, when you can be old, when it looks like your opportunity has passed, but you can remain faithful, when you can remain committed, when you can do what's necessary so that those that are watching you can continue and continue to be commitment, uh, committed, can continue doing the things of God when, like they are supposed to do at the time that they are supposed to do them. God will answer your prayer. Your prayer will become acceptable. It was after he went through all of this, when it didn't look like anything was going to happen, when he put his disappointment to the side, when he can continue to continue, uh, keep serving, when he continued to keep having prayer service, to continue leading prayer service so that the people would can be able to continue leading uh, and following and praying he put all that to the side. The people continue. Then God answered his prayer. Then God answered his prayer. And I want to, I want to uh, encourage you. Again, it's not just about getting our prayers answered. But it's about our prayers becoming acceptable. And if you can continue being committed, being faithful, when things are not favorable, I'm telling you, that's what God is after. This is what God is after. People that can, people that can be disappointed, people that can be uh, uh, crushed, people that can be heartbroken, but will still have a commitment where the things of God are concerned, but can still be committed where prayer is concerned. I'm not going to throw you just a mashed up bunch of words and emotions, God, but I'm going to present it in a way with thought and care. And I want my prayer to have an audience with you. I want my prayer to be acceptable. And part of your prayer being acceptable is being able to continue through difficulty, being able to continue when it looks as if like, looks like that thing that you desire is not going to happen. But there's a commitment. There's a commitment still to the things of God, to prayer. Don't let up. Just because uh, things are looking bad, don't let up. Just because you're experiencing some difficulty, don't let up. Continue. Continue. Things get harder, you ought to pray harder. You ought to pray more. Glory to God. 
you know, verse 11 through 13, include, it includes an answer giving. Acceptable prayer isn't always quick. Acceptable prayer isn't always pretty. It includes endurance, fear, pain, being crushed. But there has to be a commitment. Consider your approach to God and do it carefully and thoughtfully. I want to read Psalms 100 to you right before we wrap up. Psalms 100, Psalms 100 at the fourth verse, and some of you probably know this by heart, but Psalms 100 at the fourth verse, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let me read that to you again. It says, enter into his courts with, enter, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Again, I want to remind you that the priests had to approach God in a certain way. We also need to approach God in a certain way. We can't just, you know, we have the advantage now of being able to pray at any time. You know, to get in the presence of God, the priests had to prepare to get into the presence of God. Since you and I now have been favored because we're under grace of praying and going before God at any time. My challenge to you again is to not just give God a mashed up bunch of words and emotion because of the desperation of your situation. But the Bible says that we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So there's a way that we ought to approach God. As the priest had a way to approach God, you and I ought to approach God in a manner that says, as I said earlier, just as important as the incense was in the tabernacle. And David's prayer was that his prayer would be set forth as the incense, that it would be acceptable, that he would have an audience with God. You and I ought to pray in a way that we do it with thought and with care so that our prayers are acceptable even before they are answered. Glory to God. Our prayers, our desire should be that our prayers are answered even before they are, that our prayers are acceptable even before they are answered. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time in your word. Father, I ask that you would touch the hearts of your people, the minds of your people, that you would give them a desire that even before their prayers are answered, that their prayers will be acceptable. This we pray in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. Listen, I want to encourage you to pray as never before, not to give up on your commitment, not to give up on the things of God. Listen. I love you with the love of the Lord, and until next time, continue winning in prayer. I'll see you next time.